The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat rocker. I will not wear the mask. 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 I will not wear a mask. I will not get the vaccine. I will not get the vaccine. And I will not get the vaccine. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will resist evil. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. I will submit to God. In the Lord, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust, and I will not be afraid. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day. For the Lord is the great God, and the great King above all. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Righteousness and justice are the foundation of this I hate the work of those who follow it. With my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Your faithfulness you shall stand. On an instrument of ten strings, on the lute and on the harp, with harmonious sound. For you, O Lord, have made me glad through your works. I will triumph in the works of your are on high forevermore. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. I will defy tyrants. 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 And with that, Merry Christmas, America. <laughs> Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people. All the boat rockers are in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at Sons of Liberty Media.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warned you about. I hold to the book, the Bible as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys have joined us here on Christmas Day. Christmas Day, yeah. But this week, this year really went fast. <laughs> if you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsofLibertyRadio.com and also SonsofLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio this morning, you'd like to join us in the video portion of the radio show. That's right. You can see the face is made for radio. Head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, scroll down on the right side of the page, click on the uh, play button there, and uh, that should let you into the live feed. Uh, click on the Rumble image there and join us in the chat on Rumble. And uh, great to see all you guys in the chat, by the way. Good morning to you. Merry Christmas. And um, again, if you would like to catch Bradley's show, it's right above where we're live streaming. Be sure to uh, check that out. 
I don't know if he's going to be on today, but I'm, I'm sure probably he's got like a replay or something like that going on. I, I, I just, I, but I don't know. So uh, if, if he does, then well, then you're going to have to go to GCN for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, remember to sign up for a newsletter, and uh, that's right above where we're at. If you'd like to help us, there's a donate button there. Um, top of sons libertymedia.com that's one time donation or you can partner with us as a son or daughter of liberty that link is also available and then our store remember today's the last day midnight tonight you can get the uh, you can run toboggans for 20% off with the promo code winter20 winter20 get you 20% off of those toboggans now I'm, I'm doing this quickly now Kate says she's going to join me for I think about 30 minutes and she's going to bring a friend to talk about a British Christmas dinner Okay, but I told her I said I need twenty minutes or so because I I I figured she's going to be here half the time. And then she says, "Oh, I'm going to be here the whole hour." So we're going to see what happens because <laughs> she may get wrapped up with family. She does have family coming in and things of that nature. Well, the title today of yeah, <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, let me just show you uh, for Christmas. My daughter Haley, check that out. It, now you it doesn't look the way it looks like it's gray if you're watching okay and that's I think that's the lighting my daughter Haley made this she made it for all of the family different colors and um, and these things are great because they're like my see I call it a beanie it's not a this is a toboggan okay the the other thing is like a beanie it's really thin it doesn't get too hot and stuff this is kind this works kind of like that because it's knit and um you know, it lets lets air in and stuff. But she she made these for us, and it's it's great. Um, tremendous talent uh, that she has. Uh, in any case, yeah. And this is not my snow. It almost looks like a portion behind my mom and dad's house, actually. Uh, but somebody was kind enough to record four hours of snow so I could give you this Christmassy feeling <laughs> of what's going on. But what I want to do today is I kind of want to walk through some things because even the music we played in the pre-show. They interject it. It's a beautiful song. I, I love the way they changed up the words because in in the original, man, there was there's I, I didn't realize it. I went and looked up last night just the original words because I always some of the lyrics just kind of bothered me. And I went and looked them up. And it's interesting the conversation that goes on in these lyrics. And this guy, uh, Cohen, who who wrote the song Hallelujah, there's just it seemed like there was 80, 80 different stanzas, if you will, uh, that he had eventually written. And then this couple, uh, who Carol Ann sent me yesterday, thank you for that. Uh, this was another great thing. Um, this couple put it together with the words that you were hearing in the pre-show. So uh, thank you for doing that. I think it's beautiful. Um, and uh, and I learned something in the process by by looking at that. In any case, what I wanted to do was, and even in that song, they mentioned the wise man. Guys, the wise men didn't show up on Christmas Day. They didn't show up with the shepherds. They showed up at a house. Jesus was there with his mother, and they showed up at the house. They had been traveling from the east. These were the men who were impacted by the influence of none other than the prophet Daniel himself. That's where they're coming from. Daniel had told them that the Christ child would come. In fact, we're going to talk about that as we talk about the fact that Jesus is not a baby. You know, the world wants a coochie coo, the nativity scene, and all this other stuff. Jesus is not a baby. He is the glorified, risen, death-conquering, sin-conquering, king of glory, 
He is not in his humiliation anymore. We shouldn't even be demonstrating things like that. Yes, we can speak about his humiliation because it brought about our redemption, yes. But to sit there and glorify it is is not a biblical thing for us as believers. So, with that said, let's start where it all started. Let's go back to the garden. God had given one command. His law was what? Don't eat of that tree over there, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You can have anything you want. You can have the tree of life. You can eat of all of the trees, all of the bushes in the garden, whatever you want, you can have it. But you can't have that tree right there. One, one thing, it was about eating, folks. It was about eating. You say, what is the big deal? Because God laid down the law. He's the lawgiver. And I want you to think about yourself. When you have children, you lay down the law in the house. Don't touch this. Don't do that. Don't pull the hair on your sister. You know, don't hit your brother, right? You lay down the laws. When it comes time to eat, you say, you're going to eat what's before you, right? Or you go hungry, and the next time the, the meal's on the table, it's not going to hurt them to go without one meal. Next time the meal's on the table, guess what they want to do? They want to eat, right? So you make the rules. Well, God made the rules, and what did our forefather Adam and Eve do? Well, they disobeyed those rules. They sinned. They transgressed God's law. Okay? And that drove all men into sin. And when that happened, did they come to God and say, God, we're really sorry, we disobeyed you, please forget? They didn't do that. They went and hid, and they tried to cover up their nakedness with fig leaves. And part of the curse not only came upon man that he would have to work the ground and the sweat of his brow, thorns and thistles and all this kind of stuff. No longer was it going to be fruitful and things the way it was in the Garden of Eden. It was going to be very difficult. What about for the woman? Well, she was deceived. She's going to have pain in childbirth. She's going to want to usurp the authority of her husband, but her husband's going to rule over her. And then he comes to the serpent. And he says, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above all beasts of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And then he speaks to the devil himself. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and his and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That is the first gospel message in the Bible. Now, I had a guy we had on the show to talk about event 202, which was a, a response to event 201. And he and I got into some conversations. Well, he was going through all these things, and he was saying these prophecies were fulfilled and such and such and such. And I said, yes, they were. There's no question about that. But they all pointed to the Christ, because what are... All of the prophecies, all of the people in the Old Testament. Jesus tells us after his resurrection in Luke 24, he tells the disciples, he, he opened their minds so that they might understand Moses, the prophets, the Psalms, all speak about who? King David? No, that's not who they're talking about. They're talking about the, the line that flows from David, who is the Lord Jesus Christ. They're talking about the Christ who would come. Okay. So here we have what is, in theological terms, called the Proto-Evangelion. This is the first gospel, Genesis 3.15. That is the first gospel. Now, I could go through, I could spend the whole hour talking to you about the prophecies about Christ. Not going to do that. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of things and point you to the Christ. Again, we had time yesterday morning, uh, because we kind of did Christmas with our, our family and stuff, uh, here at the house, 
And uh, we took time to read some of these passages, not all of them, but some of these passages I'm going to touch on today. And uh, this is it's, it's very important that we understand the flow of things and that we don't get caught up in this thing about little baby Jesus, because he's not a baby. He's not an Egyptian million. He's glorified. Okay? He's in the state that Peter, James, and John saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. He is glorious. Okay? So what does the Bible tell us that this Christ child is going to do? Well, let's take a look. This is Isaiah 9-6. When he comes, here's what we're told. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Now, you guys get Christmas cards all the time, and that's what you see, right? And it's little baby Jesus, right? This is the kind of things this kind of stuff is, okay? They never finish what's going on. And the what? The government. The government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, not David being on the throne of David, but the one to come, the Christ. And upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with justice and with justice from henceforth, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. So we see that the one who is to come is going to be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, John 1.1, and John 1 in, in totality. The Everlasting Father doesn't mean he is the Father. He's distinct from the Father. We see that all through Scripture. And he's called the Prince of Peace. Okay? So we're told that. Then... We're told, remember I mentioned the Magi, the, the wise man who would come later on in history. They were taught, there's no doubt in my mind, they were taught by Daniel, or at least their forefathers were taught by Daniel, and they passed it down. Why? Daniel had a tremendous testimony. Read the book, it's very short. Read the impact that Daniel had upon what we call the wise men, the Magi, Okay? Think about that for just a little bit. And then I want you to think about the fact that Daniel had given them a time frame in which this Christ child would become would, would come on the scene. Nobody else in history has this. Nobody. Nobody had, well, let me change that. Cyrus had it. God said he was his man for the day. And Cyrus came along in the time of Daniel. And in fact, God named Cyrus before Cyrus was even born and told what he would do. Okay? But to Daniel, here's what happened. He was sent an angel because he'd been praying. If you read Daniel chapter 9, he had been praying because he'd been reading the book of Jeremiah and he knew the people were in bondage in Babylonia, uh, in Babylon, excuse me, not Babylonia, Babylon. And uh, he he knew that they were going to be there 70 years because of what Jeremiah had said, okay? And if you hear stuff going on, that's our family making stuff because uh, it already smells good in here. <laughs> By the way, I'm going to be making my first attempt at Beef Wellington, not to throw that in here, but uh, yeah, I'm going to try that today for the family. Um, the angel comes to Daniel, lets him know he's greatly beloved of the Lord, 
And then he lays out what's going to happen for what's called 70 weeks, or those weeks are seven years, so it'd be 490 years. I'm not going to get into all of that. If you want to see my thing on that, you can go back to Chuck Ball one. You can go back to some of the other things that we've talked about before when I was addressing the dispensational troll that came into our our place. Okay. Um, Okay, so here's what Daniel says. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people and upon thy holy city to finish the transgression, to make an end of sins, and to make reconciliation for iniquity, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, and to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem and to the Messiah, the prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks, and the streets shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. And after threescore and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself, and the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end thereof shall be with a flood, and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation, and that determined, shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, here's the thing. What Daniel is doing is he is saying, there's going to be a clock that starts here. Okay? There's going to be a clock. Sorry about that. Um, so he says there's going to be a clock that starts here, when there is an order to go and build, rebuild Jerusalem and the wall. Okay, that's what we see. And when that happens, 490 years to the time, the, or 483 years to the time that Christ comes, and in the middle of that time, the last seven years, which every, you hear all of these false teachers be putting out to you, that there's seven years out in our future, or some of them even say we're in the midst of that now, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. These are the same, and by the way, these are the same people that promote Donald Trump who talk about an antichrist who will make peace with, with Israel and all this other stuff, okay? These are the same people. So here's what happens. In the midst, if you, if you notice from Daniel, Sorry, I'm hushing people because they're getting a little loud talking in there. (laughs) If you'll notice in the midst of what happens here in Daniel, what does he say? He says, after the three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off. So after the 483 years, Messiah is going to be cut off somewhere in the midst of that. But what does he do? He shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. What does Jesus say at the Last Supper? He says, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. So it's a new covenant. When does that happen? Three and a half years after the start of his ministry. What's three and a half years? Oh, that's half of seven years. The last seven years of Daniel's prophecy. Okay, and the midst of the week, that's in. That's when he does this. This is when he gives himself as the final sacrifice. The high priest of God gives himself as the final sacrifice. There are no more sacrifice for sin, guys. Read a, read the book of Hebrews. No more sacrifice for sin. If you reject the Christ and you want to go to Judaism, 
Okay? Some people give a hard time about Judeo-Christian principles. I don't like the, the thing. Bradley's got that. I understand his definition of it. Historically, I think it's bad, but he's got a good definition of it that Romans 2, the oracles of God were given to the Jews. You can't deny that. That's the way it, that's the way it is. Okay? But the fact of the matter is we are not to go back to Judaism. We're not to be looking for temples and other sacrifices and the priesthood. We are a priesthood. Those of us in Christ are a kingdom of priests, Peter tells us. Okay? And Christ confirms this covenant in the middle of the week, three and a half years. Read it. Luke tells us he began to be about 30 when he started his ministry. We can follow the, the, um, the feast that went on. And in those feasts, we can see three and a half years he went, and now he's up to the Passover where he's going to give himself as the ultimate Passover lamb for his people. And in that, what does he do? He causes the sacrifice and oblation to cease, to cease. Now, did they stop doing all of the rituals and stuff then? No, but we can go over into the book of Revelation, which we're going to touch on just a little bit in a a moment. We can go over the book of Revelation, and we can see there were those who came in and called themselves Jews who were not. Paul even speaks about it. He says, they're my countrymen, but not everybody that's of Israel is Israel. Okay? Paul says that in the book of Romans. And the true Jew is the one circumcised of the heart, not of the flesh. That's also in the book of Romans. So here's what Christ does. He stops the sacrifice. Why? Because God is well pleased with his sacrifice. And unlike the priest that had been in existence for 1,500 years, what happened? You notice in the tabernacle and the temple, there is no chair. There's no seat. Okay. There's none of that for a priest sit to sit down. I'm trying to look at my screen over here. There's none of that. So what does he do? When he finishes, the Bible says he sat down at the right hand of God. He had completed his task. He had completed the task that God had given to him. And so here are all the prophecies, or here are some of the prophecies. There's many more, okay, within the Old Testament. And here's what we see. There's a time. Paul says that God sent his son in the fullness of time born under the law. Now, why is that? Well, we didn't have angels for priests, did we? Because angels can't be a priest for us. They can't be a priest for us. So that's why God had to come in the flesh. Read John 1. He had to come in the flesh and become a man so that he could be our high priest. And for my Jehovah's Witness friends, for my Mormon friends, and all of this other, to say that he is a created being takes away from his glory. And it doesn't make him a high priest for anybody. It really doesn't. It is God in the flesh, because what does the Bible tell us? God is the only Savior. Besides Him, there is no Savior. And yet we're told Jesus is the Savior. In fact, His name means that. When you go back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, His name shall be called Jesus, for He will what? Save the everybody in the world? No, nope. save His people from their sins. He'll save them from their sins. So what happened? Did this... Daniel's prophecy take place? Yep, absolutely it did. In fact, when we go over into Luke chapter 2, 
we see the time drawing nigh that Daniel was talking about. It hasn't come just yet, but we see the time, and Luke is a journalist, a real journalist. He was not a guy who was an eyewitness. Um, well, he, he may have seen some things. We don't know that. He may have seen some things. But what we do know is when he writes his gospel, and when he writes the book of Acts, he writes to Theopolis, and what he's saying is, I've written these things so that you can know they're true, so that your faith isn't shaken. Okay? And so here's what we see from Luke chapter 2. And by the way, some people said this guy, um, Quirinius, who's mentioned here, oh, he, he was never in history. And then they started finding out these archaeologists digging up, just like the people who said Pilate never existed, and then they turned over this, this stone that used to be a seat in a theater, and they found Pontius Pilate written on there. Uh-huh. See, God always has a way of making people look like fools who think they're wise. Always does that. But listen to what Luke says. Remember, Luke is a journalist. He's went back. He's examined the history. He's interviewed eyewitnesses. And what he pins is what he has there. And you say, well, okay, well, that's him. Yeah, but the Holy Spirit is leading him. That's what Peter tells us. He says that they're, they're, they're moved along to write Scripture by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So here's what we see. This is Luke. Chapter 1, or excuse me, Luke chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife. This is kind of interesting, too, because they aren't married yet. They're espoused. It's, it's this bond that's greater than what we think of engagement, because you know people have broken off all kinds of engagements, right? This is though they're married, they just haven't consummated the marriage yet. They haven't, uh, had, they haven't been in the marriage bed, okay? It's everything but that. And yet, they're traveling together, and they're going to be trying to stay in an inn together. Okay? And she was great with child. Remember, the angel came to her and said, that holy one, or that holy thing that will be inside you. And it wasn't a sexual thing. I've, this guy that we had on the radio that I told you about earlier tried to make it, oh, well, God had sex with Mary. No, it didn't. It doesn't say that. He goes, well, he says he knew her. Come on, guys. How does a spirit have sex with a person? This is some of the problems that I have with the people who espouse sons of God or angels coming down and cohabitating with men. I, I, you go back to the Genesis, the whole con you would never get that unless some person taught you that, okay? Because you go back and you look at Genesis, and the whole idea there in the creation order is that people and plants and animals produce after what? Different kinds? No, after their own kind, Okay? So the virgin birth and the, and the virginity of Mary and her uh, conceiving is not the result of her and God having sex. It's just, that's just blasphemy, okay? That's what that is. And we're told here that it was, verse 6 of Luke chapter 2, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. 
And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in their fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, good will toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into the heavens, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen. And it was told to them. And then the next thing we see is, is eight days later, what happens? Well, they're circumcising Jesus. Okay? So, later on we get into the fact that the wise men show up. So I want you to be understand, that's a, that's a Christmas tradition that's out there that's not true. That they're showing up at the stable, and you know, you got the nativity. They're, that's not what happened. And we are about the truth here. Now, I believe that Christianity takes over the culture. And so I don't sweat so much people saying Merry Christmas or having any of that. I don't mind that at all. The sons of God were the sons of Seth. Be brother over at DLive. They're, they're, the, they're the sons of Seth. I have a, um, you can go to Sons of Liberty. You can put in Sons of God and you can probably find that, that because I got tired of people doing it. And I'll walk you through the passage and show you. This is the context. Everybody extrapolates out demon angels and all this kind of stuff and angel-human hybrids and all this stuff out of one verse, one verse. But the context doesn't bear it out. Okay, I don't want to get caught up in that, but that's where it comes from. You can check that out, sonsoflibertymedia.com. Go there, search for Sons of God, and you'll probably find it. It should be one of the first ones that comes up. All right, so Jesus comes into the world, born of a Virgin Mary, just like Isaiah had prophesied. And he keeps telling his disciples, I'm going to die. Okay? I'm going to die. So what happens is, is the night of his betrayal, you remember when he's sitting around the table with his disciples, he tells them something. He's already explained to them he's going to die. They still don't get it. They don't think that's going to happen. Okay? And then we come over into John chapter 15. And Jesus ends that chapter by saying, He that hateth me hateth my father also. If I had not done among them the works which none other man did, they had not had sin. But now have they both seen and hated both me and my father. And he's talking about these religious leaders there in Israel, the people who said they were Jews, the people who said they were Abraham's seed, and he says, No, you're of your father the devil. They saw the works that he did. In fact... When we were doing our church plan over here in Gastonia, North Carolina, 
the guy teaching through Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew, he said, I'm convinced they knew exactly who he was. They knew he was the Creator. They knew he was the Christ. And they didn't want him stealing their power, and they became so hardened in their hearts, that's why they wanted to kill him. They knew who he was. It wasn't that they were deceived about who he was. They knew who he was, and they wanted... It was just like the parable that Jesus tells. Jesus tells about the vine dressers, right? He's got a vineyard. There's a man who has a vineyard, and he sends servants to them. And they, they beat and they kill the servants and all this other. And he says, well, they'll listen to my son. Surely they'll listen to my son. They send the son. They say, oh, this is the heir. We'll take the vineyard for ourselves. Let's kill him. And the Bible says they know they knew that Jesus was speaking about them. Yeah, that's exactly right. These people were eyes wide open and saying, we'll have nothing to do with you, Christ. Okay, that's what they were doing. So Jesus continues and he says, but this comes to pass that the word might be fulfilled that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. Hmm. Hmm. He's referencing back to the Old Testament and saying they're fulfilling what the Old Testament said about me and about them. And when the Comforter is come, now this is the Holy Spirit. He's going to elaborate on that in just a bit. Whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall what? Is he going to testify himself? No, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness, because ye have been with me from the beginning. Let me just drop this little thing in here. When you get people who are, many of them are these word faith movements and things of that nature. When you get people who focus more on the Holy Spirit than they do on the Christ who gave himself as a sacrifice for sinners... You have people who become unbalanced because the Spirit of God is there to teach us about Christ. He's not unimportant. The Holy Spirit is no less important than the Christ or the, or the Father. He's no less important. But His job is to point us to the truth about the Christ. That's, that's what He does. And Jesus said it. He'll bear witness of who? Himself? No, not Himself, but of me. That's what Jesus says. Now, this goes on into John chapter 16. And this is going to make sense to you as to why I'm bringing this up here in just a moment. Jesus goes on, These things I have spoken unto you that you should not be offended, that you should put out of the... Uh, they will put you out of the synagogues, yea, the time cometh, that whosoever killeth you will think he doeth God's service. And these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things have I told you, that when the time shall come, ye may remember that I told you of them, and these things I said not unto you at the beginning, because I was with you. But now I go my way to him that sent me. Who is that? The Father, right? And none of you asketh me whither thou goest, but because I have said these things unto you, sorrow hath filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. Jesus, how can you say that? I mean, you've been healing people. You've been giving us the words of life. You've been, you were the bread of life. Where can we go for the words of life, Peter said. But he says, it's expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter. Who's the comforter? That's the Holy Spirit. He's, the, he's that paraclete. He will not come unto you if I don't go away. That's what he's saying. If I do not go away, the comforter won't come with you. Or coming to you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Now that's important. Keep that in mind because that's going to address a very important question we need to ask. And when he has come, that's the Holy Spirit, he will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. 
of sin because they believe not on me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, and ye see me no more, of judgment because the prince of the, this world is judged. I have, me, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. This is, again, what the Apostle John says in his uh, epistles. He talks about the Spirit of God being the one who teaches us. We don't have any need of man to teach us. Now, God gives us teachers within the church. I don't think he's, he's diminishing that, gifts of the Spirit, uh, this, this same Spirit. That Spirit is used, He is the gift to us as believers, and it's the same Spirit, whether you're teaching, whether it's healing, whether it's uh, tongues, whether it's uh, prophesying, or whatever it is, administration, or or giving, or whatever the case may be, it's the same Spirit. He's, he gives those gifts. He has those gifts to give. For he shall not speak of himself. There's that reiteration again. But whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify himself. Nope. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore said I that he that shall take of mine and shall show it unto you a little while, and ye shall see me no more, and again a little while, and ye shall see me, because of what? I go to the Father. I go to the Father. So what do we see? Now I'm going to go through the passage because I want to hit these other things here. But we see in the book of Acts, chapter 1, we see that Jesus departs from the disciples, and we're told, I think it's in 1 Corinthians 15, the first part there, that uh, he was seen by more than 500 people at once. And my, the, the guess is it's at the ascension. There is people there that are seeing, they're gazing up at him, and he disappears in a cloud. A cloud receives him up. Okay? And they're told he comes in the same manner. What is that manner? In a cloud. In a cloud, and when you see these, when you see the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, when you see the clouds come, you're seeing God's judgment. That's what you're seeing. This is how we know that Christ is seated on the throne, 70 A.D., the destruction of Jerusalem. He said it was coming, and he said that they would see him coming in the clouds in power and great glory. That that's what he told the Pharisees of the day, that he that they would see that, okay? Now, real quickly, I'm going to get on to this because uh, Kate's on the line with us, and I want, I, but I do, want to, I, I do want you to understand what's going on here. So, is it important? Is the ascension of Christ an important doctrine? Yeah, because he said, if I don't go, I can't send you the Spirit, right? So here's what we see in 1 Corinthians 15. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you, that there is no resurrection of the dead. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ not be risen, then our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead not arise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ not be raised, your faith is in vain? Ye are yet in your sins." Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. No hope for them either. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. 
but now in Christ, risen from the dead, and become the firstfruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits afterward, they that are Christ at his coming, then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. It's kind of interesting because Jesus already said that he has all, what, authority in heaven and on earth. He said that before he left the earth. He must reign. Paul is saying this in the first century, guys. He's not waiting to reign in a post-assent piece of land on a little you know, man-made throne out there in the Middle East. That's not what he's looking at. He's already doing. He's already ruling on the throne with his father with a rod of iron. For he must reign until he hath put all his enemies under his feet, and the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he hath put all things under his feet, but when he hath said all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him, that's the Father, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him, that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Now, What does that lead us to? Well, this is why we give the gospel. It is to call sinners to submit themselves unto the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's there for. And so, here is the warning. We go over into 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. And you'll see this, seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you. See, this is a warning to people like Anthony Fauci, Joe Biden, Donald Trump, uh, your state governors who are instituting these lockdowns and attacking you, and those who do injustice to the people. This is a warning to you guys. God sees every bit of it, and he's going to repay you for what you're doing to his people. And to you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey. Listen to that. Many people don't think the gospel requires obedience. That obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all of them that believe because our testimony among you is believed in that day. So, again, Jesus is not a baby, is he? No, he's the king of glory. He has legions of angels. He is going to bring judgment and vengeance upon those who don't obey the gospel. He's going to do that. And we're told in the book of Philippians, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, now you can say Yeshua, that's fine, I, I have no problem with that, Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Again, Jesus isn't a baby. He's king, baby. He's king. Okay? Let's keep that in mind. So what's the message for you today if you hear this? And then we're going to bring Kate on. You can find it in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. And there, the Apostle John 
is writing the words of Christ because Christ is telling him what to write. Okay? Look at what he says here is in chapter 2, verse 5. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen. Now, this is Ephesus. Ephesus had all their doctrine right. They were keeping out the heretics and all this other kind of stuff, and but they had lost their first love. And so he says this to them. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent. Do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick. Now, what's the candlestick? Well, we read that in chapter 1. The candlestick is the church. And he did remove them because they didn't repent out of his place, except thou repent. But this thou hast. Thou hast hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. And then he says this, to him that overcometh, you're the, re- the one that repents, will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Now, we also read here at the church of Smyrna, who is next. And uh, what we see there <clears throat> in the church of Smyrna, Smyrna is um, he says this to them. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, Nicolaitans, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly and will fight against them with the sword of thy mouth. I'm sorry, that was the church at Pergamos. Uh, he didn't have any words of repentance for Smyrna because they were a persecuted church. Okay, So that's what he has to say at the church at Pergamos. Then we have the church at Thyatira. And he talks about them having a Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess. And I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. I'll cast her on a bed, and them that commit adultery with her in great tribulation, except they repent of their deeds. Right? And he looks at them. And he says, But unto you I say, and unto the rest of Thyatira, as many as have not this doctrine, of which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak, I will put upon you none other burden, but that which ye already have, hold or already have already, hold fast till I come. And he that overcometh, that's the one who repents, and keepeth my works unto the end, I to him will I give power unto the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. See, right there, he's already received that rod of iron. He's already sitting on his throne. And I'll give him the morning star, and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, I can go into chapter 3 and give you those things, but what I want you to understand is, is this. The message has not changed. The Christ that some of you listening will celebrate today. And later on, you'll, you'll forget about him. You'll kind of throw him out in, in, in some conversation or something. And later on, you'll show up at church for, quote-unquote, Easter. Resurrection. But you're not obeying the gospel. You're celebrating your demise and your doom. Because this Christ, born in a manger, who gave himself for sinners is going to be the same one who's going to come and judge you. And so the message to you today is to repent. Turn from your sin. Be reconciled unto God and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Turn to Him. Look, if you want mercy, you can have it. You can. But the Bible says you're going to have to meet God on His terms, and that means you're going to have to repent of your sin, and you're going to have to put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right? With that said... Kate's on the line with us, and uh, we're happy to have her this morning. Uh, she's taking time away from her family a little bit, and I'm sorry I kept you a little bit long. I saw that you weren't in, so I decided I was going to keep going. But uh, but Merry Christmas, Kate. Hold on. We 
we're, we've lost some sound there. I think you're muted. Okay, there Thank we go. Thank you. Um, Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah, uh, my my oldest son is in Hong Kong. I'm sure you all saw him speaking to the press. Um, and he's just, he's been told to go there. He's got a job, I think, with Goldman Sachs. And he's now on a three-week um, quarantine for a virus that's never been isolated or proven to exist. <laughs> he's on a three-week quarantine. He's told if he leaves the hotel, he has to go to a camp. Uh, which is quite bizarre. Um, so my uh, twin boy has been talked into by his um, girlfriend's father into having this experimental, untested, unlicensed, uninsured bioengineering weapon, even though he has a heart scan in May and he has uh, uh, he goes every year for these scans. He was in a wheelchair for seven months, missed his A-levels, so some foolish person out there not only injected my son when he shouldn't have had it, but some idiot out there talked him into having it because they're too stupid to do their due diligence. So I'm, you know, spitting it all out today. Um, and this is what each of us are going to face. So on today, where we're told uh, this is a time for people to come together, the whole world is being tortured by tyrannical governments and forgetting the the true meaning um, Romans 13, love thy neighbor as thy love thyself. And um, it's it's a bit of a joke. I used to work in A&E and this time of year is when you see people um, commit suicide, attempt to commit suicide because they believe that they're not loved, they're not valued because we're sold this lie uh, of this one day and all year round we've been tortured by our government. We're going to cancel it. We're not going to cancel it. So I think this is a time when we need to, as you've just quite rightly said, we need to think who is ultimately, ultimately in charge here, who we do ultimately answer to, who we should ultimately be listening to. We were created in our father's image. Instead, we're listening to bastardized science. And what we're going to see next is nothing short of horrific and the work of the devil. So um, that's my bit out of the way. Um I, I just, you know, I, I just find it ironic. I'm watching everybody around doing this whole thing of um, what about tomorrow and the rest of the year? What are we going to do? Everyone's kind of forgetting. We're all coming together just for today. And I'm almost I'm almost incredulous at, um, at what's happening around me and everyone's scurrying around, wearing their masks, complying. Um, and they've even incidentally in the UK, they've opened... Wembley Stadium to do and and lots of places to do this injection on Christmas Day. They're doing this injection. There's people being paid goodness knows how much money. Generally, when you work Christmas Day, you get triple pay. They're being paid to man these injection centers for people to go on Christmas Day to, to have something that's going to potentially kill them slowly, quickly, but definitely kill them. I'm a bit at a loss. I really don't know what else to say. Yeah, you I'm know, trying Kate, to smile, but my heart is aching. Pardon? Yeah, Kate. A lot of people are saying "Merry Christmas" to you in the chat, and I wanted to let that know. I know. But- I feel I feel like the Grinch. <laughs> Merry Christmas to everyone, and Merry what? Christmas, and thank you for listening. But you know, I just I don't know. I was praying this morning. I was looking in my Bible, and I can't see anywhere where it says get out there and buy loads of wine and whiskey and 
Prosecco and go out and get drunk with your friends and wear a mask and listen to Satan's words. And I, I just, I'm almost, um, and you know, uh, my, my heart is aching because my son has just been talked because he loves a woman. He's 20 years old, almost 21. He's been talked into having this, even though he has a heart condition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, there, I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about this last night. We're in the midst of, um, how do I say this? The angel of death being over our countries, both of our countries. And, um, yeah. and I remember, though, I remember there was another time where the angel of death was over a land and the people of God were feasting. God had prepared a feast for them. It was called the Passover. I just got finished talking about oh, yeah. that with Christ. And he said, you are to eat this, and then you are to apply the blood to your doorpost, you know, in the really in the form of the cross there. You're to apply that, and when the angel comes by, he's going to see it, and he's going he's to pass over your house. There was nothing to worry about if you were obedient to God, if you had applied the blood, which would eventually would be the shadow of the blood of Christ being applied to us. There was nothing to fear. And so you know what? This is Christmas Day. We're going to we're going to feast. My wife is in there. I can smell it. Uh, and uh, we're, we're going to feast. We're going to feast at that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's true. But we're going to, we're going to feast in the midst of that. And of course, you know, I put in here, um, you, you were talking about them trying to, to separate us and things of that nature. There's an article at SonsLibertyMedia.com put up yesterday. Most of it is by Clara Burnish uh, from the Free Thought Project. And she's talking about you know the great Christmas truce from 1914 with the Brits and the Germans just for a few hours, oh, yeah. put down their weapons. And it, it, I, I'm trying to grasp that. They're trying to kill each other. And then they come out, they play soccer, they're smoking their pipes and, you know, pass, I guess, sharing their whiskey or whatever. And they're just having some interaction with one another, getting to know one another, and they don't want to kill each other. And then who is the ones who force them back into this war mentality? Is it not the powers that be that say, oh, you're in big trouble if you don't get out there and kill those guys? Quit playing around with the enemy, blah, 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 blah. And they're really, they're just men. This is what I say. It's all the psychopaths at the top that Satan and his demons control. We do know that they control them because we read that in Daniel because when I read from Daniel chapter 9, if you read back earlier in there, uh, the angel tells him I had to fight with, the, with, the, with this prince over here. And he's talking about a spiritual being. He had to fight with him before he could get to Daniel. So we know these things are going on. We know the powers that are behind them uh, are not flesh and blood, and that's what we fight against. But you, you mentioned some things uh, about... The feasting, and then I jumped on that. And you're going to tell us a little bit about what goes on for a British dinner. But before we do that, we're about out of time for the show, so we're going to carry over just a little bit. I don't want to keep you too long from your family, and I want you to tell us a little bit about what goes on a British dinner. I'm hope we're not hoping we're not hearing about kidney pie or something like that, <laughs> but we might do that in just a bit. But uh, and I'm going to also add, Kate, in the archive. The little video clip that we had from Michelle Young. I want people to know because they tune in on Saturdays. I want you guys to know who've been bad mouthing Kate that Robert Bullock, her former barrister, has some explaining to do. And I'm going to put that clip from Michelle Young in there that he did the same thing to her that Kate is alleged that has happened with her. So I, I want you guys to see it. So any you guys, you got some mouth, you want to run it off? Okay, fine. But you're going to answer for it. Uh, don't know if Bradley be on, but there'll be def definitely a replay today. Lord willing, we'll see you at 6 a.m. on Monday. See ya. 
Okay, want to welcome everybody coming over from Red State Talk Radio. And Kate, you've got Christmas dinner from England, as it were, right? Yeah, we, we do. Well, we're doing parsnips, carrots, Brussels sprouts, stuffing. I don't eat meat, and my daughter doesn't. So they like vegetarian sausages, but people have turkey and uh, Yorkshire puddings and bread sauce and potatoes. I think it's a, and they eat masses of it. And typically, typically people eat lots of um, lots of mince pies, Christmas pudding, brandy sauce. And, and I always laugh this time of year because I used, because I never had children years before, you know, I didn't get married till I was 30, had my first child at 33. Then I had all those years of being a mommy. So Christmas, I was always absolutely exhausted because they all got up at like 4am, silly o'clock, thinking Santa had been. And, um, and all these presents. Uh, before that, I used to work every Christmas um, so that those nurses who had children, they didn't need to work. And I used to fly as well for BA before that. So it's pretty much um, everyone eats their dinner and then everyone has a sleep. Uh, uh, you know, everyone watches TV. And then we have this Queen's message. The Queen comes on and she gives us her annual message. Um, so please, Tim, allow me to just... I just want to consolidate a few things and give a message out to people that do watch. Um, so, so first of all, if you're watching this and you've either um, not had this injection or you've had it and you're not having any more, well done. You've survived this year. You managed to get through this year without having your head filled with rubbish and being fooled or tricked or deceived or whatever else you want to call it. And you're all coming together now and having your Christmas dinner. Um, for those people who have, have slaughtered me, all the evidence is out there. For all you people that say that you're in a truth movement and you think you've walked free and you've tried to put it all on me, you know, when, when, when God is with you, no one can stand against you. And the one thing about the truth, it always comes out. Amen. That's exactly right. Uh, yeah. And so I, you know what, I'm not one for going out there and shouting and screeching about it and um, outing people, as they call it. I don't need to do that because it all comes out. Um, we had the Archbishop of Canterbury in this country. Um, I believe, although I've not checked it out myself yet, he's a member of the World Economic Forum, the Archbishop of Canterbury, just because he's in a long frock with a few bits of the church on him. Um, he's telling people uh, that we, technically he's in a position of power and a position of influence. Um, and he's saying that those who are uninjected are immoral. Um, he's a devil. So I'd like to put it. Out there. I'd like to put it out there to the Archbishop of Canterbury. You clearly have not read Scripture. Uh, you stand in what you say is the house of God. The house of God is within each of us. It's inside. We us. are the house. That's right. Yep. We don't need to go to one of your houses that are full of memorabilia and full of all Freemasonry. We don't need to be in there to listen to people like you. You clearly are a devil worshiper that you are telling the nation. And there are people who are looking to you for guidance. And you have just told them to have injected into them immortalized cell lines from aborted fetuses, um, human embryonic kidney cell lines and human embryonic retinal cell lines. Um, and the fact that messenger RNA, um, we have our own messenger RNA, a beautiful reverse photocopy of our DNA from the creator himself. We created in his image. So to put that synthetic into us and you're telling people to do it is just demonic. That's right. It's it demonic. Is. It is. So 
you, all of these people that are, are right at the very top of the Freemasons, they worship Satan, and in order to... Oh, who is above all of them. So you are going to stand in judgment and trial and you don't win. That's just it. You don't win. The Bible is theology. It goes round and round. So for all people out there who are rushing and who are telling others, as the man has done and talked my young son into having it so that he can be around his girlfriend, uh, which was foolish and it's weak and everything else, you know, I, I, I couldn't restrain myself verbally and I had to then retract back. But this is going to affect each and every one of us. So um, we do not all need to come together. And, and that's what it's about when you share, you're sharing your food and sharing, sharing that bread. And there are people right now up and down the country who are alone, elderly people who are alone, who've yep. lost their partner, their spouse, or they never had children. And, um, it used to be our tradition that everyone kind of looked after everyone else. If there was a neighbour in the street that, that didn't have anything, actually my mum, I spoke to my mum last night and I spoke to my sister this morning. They're in the um, uh, the communist state of Australia, formerly, formerly the land of the free, but not anymore. Um, and they're there. And, you know, my mum is there and I can't, go and see even my sister now it's too difficult um, and I, I had a journey planned to go and see her so my mom's been baking cakes and taking them to the neighbor's children across the road that's what she does um with the run-up to Christmas she bakes cakes but um I think we need to um we need to remember absolutely everybody and if we do have a little bit of dinner left over and there is somebody who lives near you who's on their own just knock on their door you know this is what this whole stupid lie pandemic plandemic scamdemic it's it's separating everyone i mean i was just reading today this morning um some family had asked their relatives to do a rapid what's it called a lateral flow test before they can go to the house and, visit. Oh gosh. <laughs> and the guy had actually, the guy had said which piece of fruit gives me a positive result so i can get out of the in-laws <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! You know, you know, it, that's, this is the amazing thing. This is a time of year. You know, since I was a little boy, whether you agree with it or not, just this is a time of year where people are generally, generally, I say, kinder to one another. Um, they just seem happier. In many cases, I know not all. We used to have the running of the sheep where the people, you know, Black Friday and all this stuff, they were running over each other for a television or rolls of toilet paper or towels or whatever the case may be. And they really showed the base nature of what we're coming to because God said he would turn the nation into hell who forgets him. So we're seeing that right before our eyes. I mean, it is it is a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. That's what the writer of the book of Hebrews says. So I get that. Um, and yet we have hope. Again, my, you, you're sitting down with your family over there about now, I guess. Uh, well, no, you'll sit down a little bit later for, for dinner. Yeah, you, and Fat Dave. Yeah, fat Dave. Uh, whoops, I'm sorry. A- yeah, Fat Dave is in there. <laughs> he likes to get his picture in the picture. Uh, and, and we like Fat Dave. Yeah, we like Fat Dave except for, I guess, where he pees everywhere. It, but the point is, is that you're getting ready to sit down there uh, with your family and have a Christmas dinner. We're going to have that later on this evening. Many of you listening are going to have it. And I just, you know, take time to thank God 
for his gift to us in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because without him, we're not feasting. We're not even living. We are going through this life dead in our sins, and we have a fearful expectation of judgment to look forward to apart from the Christ. You know it deep down inside. You can call yourself an atheist if that's what you want. You can call yourself an agnostic, which really is a person who isn't smart about anything, doesn't know anything about about God. And yet you do. Romans 1 says that you know he's there. You don't want to honor him. And the message is the same for you as it was for me, same as it is for Kate. And that is that we repent, that we turn from our sin, our lawlessness, our transgressions of the law, as John says, 1 John 3, 4. And we turn to the Christ. Uh, Kate, what I want to do here, I sent you the show from yesterday. Did you happen to hear the song that was on there? I started to listen to that show <laughs> last night. Um, what was the song in the middle? But I read, uh, I started to hear you were talking about, is that the one you were talking about, Trump? Uh, well, no, we had, uh, I don't know. Yeah, we, we had some stuff in there with that. But what I'm going to do is a treat I've, for everybody. I've been catching up with loads of your shows and sharing them. No, that's you know nice. what it's like? You get sent, you get sent so much stuff, and um, so much, so much stuff is is sent of what's going on, and um, it, it's like being hitting every direction. And uh, uh, your your stuff that you've been putting out lately is fantastic, Tim, and your write ups on everything—they're absolutely fantastic. It's like consolidated it all. We all actually—I really like your writing style. Um, well, I'm not doing a lot of the writing. I'm usually using people that they allow us to carry their stuff, and I kind of introduce some things if we don't have them as an author. So just so everybody understands, I'm really not a good writer or a radio show host, but I'll use whatever platform I can use if God can use it to to reach people, which I've, I've seen that he has. I've read some of you guys, some of the notes, and I, I'm extremely grateful that God has done that because, you know, you, you take a, a, a redneck vessel out here I'm like the uh, the toilet, or my mom calls it, and I hate the term slop jucket, uh, slop bucket. Um, you know where you go to the bathroom in. Okay, that's the old people's style of things when you don't have running water and stuff. I'm just one of those that God seems to use for some things, and I'm grateful to Him that He uses me in that in that capacity. But uh, but no, I wanted to ask you because what I want you to do is if you want to close out the show. Uh, with something you want to say to the people, I want you to do that. And then I want to play this again as a treat for all our friends out there because the people absolutely love this. And I got to tell you, I played it for my son-in-law yesterday and he was upstairs and we were doing, he says, I can't get that song out of my head. I can't get that song out of my head. And by the way, on Monday, I have some good news um, that will come about later today. Um, Another brown daughter will be hitching up in 2022, and uh, so I'll be sharing with it, sharing that with you on Monday. But Kate, if you want to close us out with uh, with a word from Merry Old England over there, and our only and our favorite health and wellness expert and our sister in Christ, please do so. Folks, you've just got to hold the line, hold the line. You've managed it since 2020. We've got through 2020, 2022. Uh, fail to plan, plan to fail. You've just got to prep. We know what's coming. They've done it all before. They use the same script and we will get through this and we'll all get through t- together. There are going to be casualties, but it's not going to be us. And it is God sorting the wheat from the chaff. So stick Amen. together. Together we're stronger. We are stronger when we bind together. Um, 
just because people are, are not our blood relatives doesn't mean they're not our brothers and sisters in Christ. They are. We're all one. And that's what we need to do. This is a very small minority of people that are trying to impose something on us and it won't work. It never does. But that's what they're trying to do. So we need to stick together. And just one last thing, folks. Whilever it's there, take your card, go to the machines, take out your cash and pay for everything with cash. Track and trace when they come to your door, which they're going to everyone's door hassling them. Um, you know what? They, they can't come in your property. And so when you're using your phone, the devil's tool to pay for everything and get entry, don't start whining when they track you and say you've been near somebody. Don't use it. Say you don't have a phone. Use cash. Use all these things. What you just make it really easy for everybody. If someone's going to shoot at you. Do you stop and go like that, or do you run away? <laughs> so you know you're supposed to. You're supposed to fight. You never retreat. Somebody military told me this. You never ever retreat. You advance or you flank. You do not retreat. That's right. That's exactly right. Good words, uh, Kate. And again, we appreciate you as always. Uh, if you're going to hang on, I'll say goodbye to you after I play this clip. If not, if you have to get better, your family, thank you again for joining us, taking up your time and uh, coming out on Christmas Day to join us here. Now, guys, you've been waiting for it. Here's the little treat for you. Ride on who? Baby Jesus? Nope. Ride on King Jesus. You guys have a Merry Christmas. We'll see you on Monday. Lord willing. somebody. You need to play this at Christmas dinner.
Proclamation Gospel Choir. Trees will be bending, lightning will be flashing, thunder will be rolling. They sang before they went to war, right? Now you know why. Have a Merry Christmas, everyone. See you on Monday, Lord willing.